Hi everybody, this is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, and today I have a return guest, R. Gregory Christie, who is a renowned, award-winning children's book illustrator and author with me today. Um, and he has illustrated over 60 children's books, and uh, thank you, um, Greg, so much for being on my podcast. Thank you, Nancy. It's such a pleasure to be back. Well, I know you're super busy, so I'm just going to go into some of the questions that I have. Um, I wanted to tell the audience, I have been so fortunate that I was able to intern um, with um, Greg. This is my second internship with him and learning about his um, work process and then just having a mentor in the field of illustration, children's book illustration in particular, has been so invaluable to my education um and i just wanted to share with the listeners today like there aren't a lot of i think hacks that you can do to like really propel your career but this is definitely i feel like one of them like it's definitely in the top three things that you can do so those of you who are listening um i wanted to ask Greg about, you know, what it's like being a mentor for other people and what you should expect um, if you were being a mentee. So I wanted to ask you, um, so what got you interested in being even willing to take interns? Well, I always had this entrepreneurial thing about me. So I did want to do career in children's books and do things somewhat orthodox, but there was also a feeling of me going out and doing street fairs, and that's where it all started. I have a friend named Deborah Gregory. She's the author of The Cheetah Girls, and at one point, she used to tell me how she would go out and do festivals and events and sell her books and sell other products. Mostly it was her products, but when she would have people walk by and say, hey, I'm the author of the Cheetah Girls, the products would sell even stronger. And I realized that most often publishers are more concerned with selling to institutions like schools and libraries. And in a way, it opens up the market for you as the artist to sell directly to public. And you have to get into the mind of a customer. What do they do? What do they want? What problem do you solve? So when you say, what do they do? Um, for me in particular, my customer would be a 35, 35 and up um, parent or especially a woman. And what would they do? So maybe they would go to a yogurt shop or maybe they would go to a street fair. So once you start to set up things to embrace your customer, it, it starts to feather out. And what, what I mean by that is that that 35 and up woman may be a director at a school, or she might be a teacher, or she might be a librarian that's out for the weekend. And what ends up happening is that, oh, I want to buy your books, or I want to buy your artwork, but I would also love you to come do a school visit. So it starts to become um, more and more obligations. And when you're in that position, you don't want to be jack of all trades, master of none. You need help. You need someone to help. Um, prop, you know, you just got to make up pamphlets and different things. So what what ends up happening is that is that you really want you want a team of people who 
be interested in doing the same things you are doing. So whenever I'm looking for any kind of intern or some kind of assistant, I want to see that they're hungry to learn. They would almost have the attitude of, you don't even have to pay me. I just want to learn. When you get that kind of person, you really are um, helping yourself and you're also helping that person see your mistakes in real time, your successes in real time. So that's why I think it's beneficial because you can learn as many theories as you want in school, but actually being in a field with somebody and being held accountable for, uh, you know, completing tasks and they're related to what you're doing professionally, it really can, it can like excel you years ahead and give you an advantage of what to expect in your own career journey. So whenever I'm looking for any kind of intern or some kind of assistant, I want to see that they're hungry to learn. They would almost have the attitude of, you don't even have to pay me. I just want to learn. When you get that kind of person, you really are um, helping yourself and you're also helping that person see your mistakes in real time, your successes in real time. So that's why I think it's beneficial because you can learn as many theories as you want in school, but actually being in a field with somebody and being held accountable for, uh, you know, completing tasks and they're related to what you're doing professionally, it really can, it can like excel you years ahead and give you an advantage of what to expect in your own career journey. Thank you for explaining that because I think um, one of the biggest takeaways that I felt was that was the most differentiated for those of you guys who teach who listen um it's just so specific to what I needed in my journey to be a children's book illustrator because I was literally looking for somebody who was in a specific market I wanted to do children's books I wanted freelance and then on top of it the icing on the cake was like you had done so much within that sphere from doing the storefront, your own store, from doing the art fairs to doing school visits. It was like, I could ask any question related to what somebody as a children's book illustrator and author could potentially do with their career. So I, I thought that was amazing. It, it is, and, and I can tell you this too. You have to understand, no matter how efficient you are or how competent and all that, you cannot do it all yourself. So it's great to have people around you who you don't end up having to baby or you don't have to like ABC every last thing to them. They, they have a mind of their own and they have an ambition and an interest in what you're doing. But on the other hand too, um, they're respectful enough to follow directives and they're humble enough to want to learn. And that's, that's what comes about with internships, having assistants and things like that, you, you just really like, um, you, you find someone who in a way is, is, is mentoring you, but you're also learning in, in real time. And I myself even had people help me, you know, I've taken jobs even after I had success in children's books. I was an artist assistant for a woman named Pat Lipsky. She was a fine artist. And I got to see how she dealt with studio visits and how she hung her art and how she presented her art 
and the business of art and how to talk to people. And so it's like, there's always that opportunity. You find someone who's doing what you want to do. And in your mind, you should think about, there's something I want to learn or I hope to learn. So even when I interview people, I always ask them, what do you hope to gain from this? And I try to keep that in my mind. I write it down and I try to, to hone it into whatever happens that we somehow can hit that mark and let them have something beneficial. Because what I don't want, especially if it's an internship where it's unpaid, um, which, which often is the case until I feel like somebody proves themselves to be competent, it's unpaid. But what I don't want is for them to feel like, oh, I'm working for free because time is the only thing you cannot get back. You can get back health, you can get back other things. Um, but time is something that's fleeting. It's constantly moving away from you. And you, you have to kind of uh, value that. You value that. Your health is very valuable too, like I was speaking about health. But there's times when people find and they get a diagnosis or so they're not healthy that they will stop everything and focus on it. And they, and they can gain it back or they can gain back some uh, level of what they wanted or what they're intending to do. But time is gone. It's, it's really like, it is absolute. Once, once you have spent 20 years um, wishing about wishing you were an illustrator versus you finally get a book deal, you, you're probably going to look back and say, man, I should have did that before. I should have started it. So the internship or any kind of assistant or, or any kind of apprenticeship is an opportunity to almost have your skin in the game. Uh, let's, let's take, it's almost like it's, it's doing everything without your skin in the game. It's like, if you fail or succeed, it's, um, it's an observation in a way. You're seeing someone else um, you know, have successes and adapt and adjust. And it's great to be able to see that happen. So sometimes things don't hit the mark. You, you can decide, okay, if I know my customer and I, and I know where to find them, I may say, hey, let's, let's do a, a flyer and send it out to every bookstore in, in uh, Georgia. And then you realize, you know, that maybe the flyer wasn't the way to go. Maybe it was just a postcard. So every, every time you try to be entrepreneurial, you have to adapt to see what the customer is going to respond to. So that's great to be in real time to see somebody do that. But that being said, from the other side of it, it's also something that you as a person hiring people have to protect because in a way... You do want to teach people, but you don't want them to go online and say, oh, I worked for this guy and he did this, 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 and that. And you end up having to, in a way, have many people competing who, who didn't even work with you that are just listening and saying, oh, that's what I'm going to do too. And, and so sometimes you, you have to think about the legal aspect of it, meaning that you might have a non-disclosure agreement or you might have a non-compete clause up but, you know, it might be limited to like uh, two years after the internship. You don't compete with the same customers or you have to also think like that. And I didn't know that in the beginning. It was more like a handshake and a feeling of like, oh, you know, we're on an honor system. They wouldn't open up a store next to mine or they wouldn't do the same designs that I'm doing. But I started to realize that I, I needed to protect myself in that sense. So it's all. Um, 
it's all like amazing and it's good, but it's just like any business relationship. You have to think of the what ifs and you have to protect yourself in many ways. And, you know, you do that because it's simply business, but you also make sure that you're having fun and you make sure that you're reaching the goals you want to reach. Thank you. So like, because you've had some numerous in age range of, of interns and genders and all that. So say, um, say you've like, cause I was an art teacher for a long time and I've had students who were in high school and they knew early on that they wanted an art career, but they weren't quite ready to go to art school or invest in high tuition costs. And they said they wanted to do the internship. Right. How would you want to be approached? Uh, you know, what do you, what do you consider a professional manner? Like what, what should they be thinking about when they approach an, uh, somebody who is a professional illustrator or artist to intern with them? I think the best way to approach is to cold call the person if you can. If, if you have most most professionals have websites or email or some way, I wouldn't necessarily call someone on the phone as much as something that's written down. Um, text is very fairly personal, personable over an email. So I think my first strategy, if I was on the other end of it and I wanted to learn how to do something, I would start with an email. And I would just tell the person um, what I appreciate about their work and what I can offer. And then ask, do you ever accept interns? I wouldn't. And then also you, you have to get in the person's head in the sense of what fears may they have. They may say, oh, if I get an intern, they're going to, uh, like I was saying before, they, they may say they'll learn all my contacts and you can say I'm willing. So it's good to, to state do you have an? Do you ever offer internships? If you have any forms like non-disclosure or anything, I'm I'm very open. I just want to learn. You just make sure that however you word it, you really are telling the person you really want to learn, and that. Then the other thing in you know I, I tell a lot of my interns that sometimes when they get in work with companies, they have to have a mindset of what's in it for them, because. That's so important. It's, it's what's in it for them and what's in it for me. Because the thing is, you have to know what you want to get out of a relationship. Then on the other end of it, you have to know what they want too. And the reason I say have to is because it just, you get better results when you actually get to the point where you sit down in an interview and you, you, you've already learned something about the person you want to hire you. And you offer things to them in a sense of like, it's going to be in their benefit. Like if you if you got someone who's 60 years old and they don't know how to use Pinterest or TikTok or Facebook, you can say, I love your work. I noticed you didn't have that. If you ever wanted to do social media, I'd be happy to, to help you with that or, or handle that for you. Um, because, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen, uh, you know, sales triple. It's like, Maybe the person is good at, you know, most of the time it's, it's in, in any kind of interview or trying to get work from someone, it's really listening and picking up on what they're saying. If they say, if you, you mention social media and they say to you, oh man, I, I really could, I, I don't know anything about that. That's your door that's open. Well, I can help you with that. And, and what I can do is help do posts. Of course, it would be under your, your, um, 
you know, guidance. You can, you can you can look at them before I release them. We can I could even set you up to have automatic posts once I leave. Um, I've done it before for this company, or I or I do it for myself. If you want to see my grammar, you can look at some of my posts and see how I write. It's like these are things that would go through my head. Like if if I were didn't know you and you say you want to handle my social media, the first thing is my mind goes to what if they don't know grammar? What if they want to speak in street language and misspell things, you know, with slang and this and that? That's not what I'm trying to represent. You know, when I'm talking about literacy and libraries and my customers or, or schools. So, you know, that that's the first thing. I'm wondering, do they really know the language well enough to, to post publicly, to represent me? I mean, what you do on yourself in your own email and for fun and between friends is one thing, but representing a corporation or a company, you, you have to have a certain level of grammar and, and, and uh, you know, important. You know, you have to be important how you, what you say. So that, that'd be the first thing. The second thing would be having access to my files. So it's like all these different things that I'm worried about, like somebody having to get my login information and all that, it would be, it would be important for the person to kind of think that all the way through and then make that offer and say, well, I could, I've, I've already, you know, I know on Facebook, if you wanted, you could have me come in as a manager of the page. I don't have to have your login information. And then I can keep a, a life to your post because I noticed when I looked before the interview, I was so excited. I looked at your page and I noticed you haven't done a post since uh, November, 2019. And it's, it's, you know, it's 2021 now. So I could help do weekly posts, even if you want to just advocate, uh, you know, just just kind of show products and, and and talk about the company mission. So really like all this is to say, when you interview, when you're asking for a position, don't come in and say, hey, I breathe air, hire me. Come in with like the knowledge of the company or knowledge of the person, and then figure out a problem you're trying to solve that they have. And, and, and a lot of times it also comes down to shutting up in an interview and just saying something and seeing what the reaction is and then figuring it out. Because if you just talk, talk, talk the whole interview, you don't really get a sense of what the person needs. So that's, that's the first thing. Learn how to interview. And you can watch videos on interview tactics and guidelines and help and things like that. Because, you know, it's a first impression and you're trying to come into someone else's life. You know, they have things going pretty smoothly and you're asking to be a part of what they do. And, you know, that comes into, you know, competition and also comes into security threat for the person. You know, they're worried like, you know, is, what's your intention? What kind of person are you? So you have to kind of tread slowly and have things offered. But with any job, any position, any relationship, you should be doing it so well that the person feels almost like they need you when you leave. Like you, you get into a position or a job and you do it so well that the person in a sense kind of relaxes and says, oh, I know they can handle that. And then you get used to that because now you can focus as an owner, you can focus on other things that often an internship turns into a paid internship or a paid, uh, you know, freelance work for someone because it's like you you've done such a good job that the person doesn't want to have to go back to keep posting online or 
setting up things. It's like, you already know how to do it. We have a working relationship. I'm willing to pay you for this service and you've proven yourself to be competent and you already have a sense of what I like. So it's not always just empty. There's also really good interns and assistants. They're hard to let go because you don't want to go back to the stuff that they're taking care of that that now is, is you know, since being taken care of, it opens up the door for you to build your business. Anyone who owns a business should try to get to the point where they're working on their business and not in it. You don't want to always be in the business, working and working. And working. You want to work on your business with ideas and keep the momentum of exciting things happening so that interns and employees can just handle those things and make it work, make it roll. It's almost like a snowball going down a hill and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's, it's just you, you as the owner of a business, you, you try to keep things just constantly flowing so it doesn't get monotonous. And that's a great point you bring up because I think a lot of times when we think of a, a freelance artist, well, they're an artist, but they're really a business. And I think as somebody who is going to want to be an intern, approach them professionally, like, because they are a business, they treat this like, you know, I always can tell like, everything you treat it, whether whatever it's a freelance job, whether you're lecturing, whether you're doing a virtual visit, you're handling it on a very business professional level. And so you treat everything like it, it is your business. So um, as an intern, what I learned from interning with you is like when I approach somebody because that is their business, they care a great deal about it and they spend hours and hours on this. You want to be mindful of that when you when you talk to them. Absolutely. And I can also tell you, like, if you bring it back to the most rudimentary foundation, what does a business do? It offers a product or a service. So, I mean, for some people, it's crude because they say it's art, not just a product. Uh, I'm teaching. It's not just a service. But in essence, if you strip it down to, to you know, the most childlike basic form, that's what you're offering. But doing things in a business-like way, it protects you also from a, a relationship with the, the intern and employer that, that doesn't, you know, because I, there are, artists can be eccentric and there's different people that may start to yell at you or abuse you. And it's like, if everything was business in the beginning, it's like you, you've already set the standard for someone to hit the mark that you agree on. So that's what I'm saying. If you come in an internship and say to me, I really want to learn everything I can about children's books, then I'm not necessarily going to be talking so much about let's get a database and contact every private school in, in Nevada or let's go and because that's more entrepreneurial versus like the construct of a children's book spread or how you work with art directors and so that's why I think it's important to, in the beginning, have a conversation about what goals are to be met so that the internship doesn't veer off into places that consistently ends up being um, far from what you wanted to learn. You know, because if I, if I hire you or, or offer an internship or collaborate with you in an internship and you wanted to learn about um, technique, 
and I have you, you know, filling out databases or, or relabeling folders and things like that. Yes, you're going to get some grunt work, but it's good to figure out what you're willing to do in the beginning. And so when I interview people, I find out what they want. But then I also tell them up front that you may be um, resizing images or organizing files and folders and Dropbox. It's not glamorous work. But what I do to keep the balance is once a week, you can work on your business and I'll help you by starting the day off with a, a talk. Um, you can ask me a question. It's a, it's a dialogue. It's not just talking, it's a dialogue where you can ask me a question. And usually with most of the interns that I work with currently, we meet on, on uh, one day a week. And that, that day, they just show me work they're doing or ask me a question and I tell them that. Okay, so we're mostly working during a business week, but this one day of the week, you should really be working on your home. You, sh you shouldn't be, um, you shouldn't, you know, maybe it was Monday through Thursday, you're working on things for me. But whatever you learn from that experience, you should be putting it on Fridays, your day to do your building. Because you do your building and branding one day a week because life gets in the way. You may have maybe up in, you know, in a situation where you have family and or you may be in, in school. And the same way you, you make a certain day of you know time in the morning to brush your teeth. If you're very consistently saying every Friday at noon, I'm going to do this, then, then you know, you're, you're consistently working on moving towards a direction for your goals. And, and it's not about, you know, it's, it's slow motion, but slow motion is better than no motion. When you're not doing anything and you're just kind of sporadically trying to fight to find time to, to do sketches or build a portfolio. If you can find that consistency, that's a good thing. That's all great advice. And I really appreciate when I first started the first internship with you, you were like, well, what do you want to get out with that whole idea of that empathy and asking and what, you know, because I had not really thought about it. And then I, like when you brought that question up, I was like, what do I really want? And I, I really appreciated that because it showed that you wanted me to get something out of this internship and I was kind of curious because that is such a rare I feel like it's not as common of an approach that I've um, noticed like what made you come up with that approach when you were taking on interns you know like because I thought that was very thoughtful and mindful of like that it is an exchange of knowledge and it's the way it is and and honestly legally it's that way too you some states have laws you can have internships but it's not, it can't be free work. The intern has to benefit um, because, and I mean, I think in Georgia specifically, I remember looking up a law about internships and and they were saying that kind of thing that, that it can't be free, but, but it's in me naturally. I don't want somebody to come back and say, oh, you know, I did all this stuff. And, and you know, I just, I don't want things to go badly. And I and and you learn over time how how things can go because not every internship went well. Some people stopped doing it, and then they they came back to so write a letter of recommendation. I'm like, no, because you 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 just disappeared. You didn't even ask and, and say you can't do it anymore. You just disappeared, 
And now it's like, hey, it's been a while. I know, I know we haven't talked, but I'm, I want to get into this program, into school. I need a letter of recommendation. And so, you know, I've learned over time to be upfront and to keep the business side because I do have it in my heart. I just want, I want to help people. I do want people to succeed. So that's why I've always felt that way that I'm not going to have somebody come in and, you know, go through my Dropbox folder and, and uh, you know, design all this work that, that typically someone would get paid for, for graphic design. And then, and then you know, it's, it's just drudgery because it's, time is very precious to me. And I imagine that if you're in school, you don't even have that much time either. And it's, it's like you, you may be young enough that you don't even realize how valuable time is. But as someone who's been doing things for some time, I realize what time is. And I realize how your body changes as you get older and you don't have the same health you, you did where you could stay up all night. It's like time is really important. So that's why almost like to, to, to help that person that's helping me, let's be clear about what you wanna gain from this. And let's be clear about what you can expect from this. And then thirdly, you know, you, you want to be clear about, uh, you know, that that I consider this a business and I want to protect myself and, and, and my ideas. So that's intellectual property and things like that. That's why I have people sign forms and I have them understand that this is not a joke. It's not me pretending to be an illustrator, pretending to run a corporation. I I am, you know, serious about this and, and I expect you to be serious too. And there are consequences if you, if you just disappear or don't show up. The biggest consequence is that all the work you've been doing is, is gonna, it can't be put on paper as you did a great job when, you, when you've done things like disappear or not really have the, um, you know, just, just kind of, you know, whatever they call it, writing it whatever they call it, writing home, throwing it in or whatever that expression is, where you just, you're just not really into the work. You're just doing it to just do it or, oh, I got to do it again this week. It's, it's not, it's not good. So I don't know. I, 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 to answer the question, I, I have it naturally in me. I want to help people. So that's why I have that, that feeling of like, the interview is very important to me to find out what you want to gain from it because it is a lot of work and also often you can expect as an internship or a mentor to do the work that the person does not want to do. Who wants to do a database? Who wants to search online and, and design logos? And I mean, some people love that, but most of the time I'm, I'm doing the things that will take up time that I won't be able to work on my business. You work in your business when you're designing the logos, designing the type, coming up with what to write on social media, all that stuff takes time. But, you know, for me to go and, and find a, a contact at, at a different college university and offer and ask, you know, solicit to them and say, hey, I'd like to do lecture services or go to a school district and say, I have homeschooling uh, kits. Um, it it's, can teach your staff how to teach art in their curriculum so your STEM program becomes STEAM. Like I've done enough, that's me doing enough research to figure out what do they want. So the same thing I'm telling you when I say I'm interviewing, like you're interviewing for me, 
You need to find out what I want. What problem do you solve for me? And you also need to know what do you want? That's, it's that simple. And, and the, I'm practicing what I preach. So that was one example. If I were to go to homeschooling people who might be more open to something more unorthodox than a, a, a private school that's been around for hundreds of years, the homeschooling group may, may love the idea of me using key phrases and words that they understand and saying, um, I have a packet for you. And I, instead of me feeding you, I'm going to teach you how to fish. And I'm going to help make your curriculum that you already have even more interesting to you. And it's almost like a test to get feedback. And if they say, well, the kids already learned, they already love to read. And I'll say something back like, well, this isn't really about getting them enthusiastic. It's just another tool. A word like tool is very important to say. It's a tool for them to understand comprehension. It's not about the enthusiasm, but it's, it's the idea that if, if they have to illustrate what they're reading, they're going to read it even more carefully. And the excitement is in drawing. And if they say something like, well, you know, not everybody loves drawing. I say, well, perhaps they haven't had the right teacher. And think about it. If everyone was at the, we never say you don't need to play a sport unless you're at a, a college level or a pro level. You figure that if you keep practicing at it, you'll get better at soccer, you get better at baseball. And if, if, you, if you kind of counter, it's just like being a salesman. If somebody says, oh, we don't, we don't do art here. And they're like, well, art is the way for this. Science shows this. It's like you have almost like a, an answer for what they, until they start to come around, or either they really don't want art classes, but you move on to that list. So an intern needs to get that list of homeschooling agencies in order for me to do this. And then they also have to get the research about, uh, you know, about how art is good for the brain development for young children and how art can be used in a curriculum and how you can take STEM and turn it into STEAM with, with, with art and how contour drawing is one of the easiest ways to learn to draw. And you're already doing it when you look at coloring books and they're used to it. So if you start to put that in a packet, um, you could do frequently asked questions and have them already answered so that you just can simply call up a school and say, hi, I'm a local artist, I'm award-winning. You may even have my books in your school. I'd like to send you some information through email. And the email would have all my books. So if they didn't have the books, they'd order them. And if if they... If they decided, okay, I'm not, you know, we already have some of these books, but you coming in teaching, this is amazing, but we don't teach our, no, 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 that's already answered in the frequently asked questions. That takes an intern, or it takes me doing the research and also being able to write it in a, a punchy, consistent, even maybe bullet points answer so that somebody's not overwhelmed. It doesn't need to be a term paper, it needs to be quick information that really answers the question of, of, of like what's in it for them or what do they need and what problem am I solving? Like, so all this stuff that I'm speaking about takes time. It takes time to do research. It takes time to write it out in a way that, that appeals to a teacher. It takes time to figure out who to give it to. So it's, it's really like, it's deep and it's a lot of work and if you're doing that, you're not sitting down honing your drawing and painting skills as well. So I have to learn to keep a balance between 
painting and keeping that up and also the business of being an illustrator, you know, being, meaning that I keep myself out there plus being an entrepreneur. And that means answering emails back quickly, filling out forms. Schools don't usually let you just come in. Some schools require that you take some kind of um, vendor. You got to become a vendor for the county. And that takes a lot of like paperwork. And then you have to, you know, basically once it's filled out, it's like it can't be a 30 megabyte file. So you have to know files, how to, how to you know, reduce a file to the point it has information. So there's so much stuff that comes up doing these two parallel things. One, one sense I'm being an illustrator and the other sense I'm being a, an entrepreneur that's inventing things that, that just bring in the extra income. So it's not already a career that's set up. It's like something I can think up tailored to me and all these thoughts and all these actions to do that tailor-made business takes time, but time is important to develop painting. So that's why there is a strong need. And that is the mindset. And that is why I would need interns or additional employees. That's, and it was, I know you called it drudgery, but I felt like it was really made me realize like the level of research, the level of intent, like how you think about your business. Like, I was like, wow, I didn't realize this is what professional is like, you know, all aspects of your industry. And so I thought I, it, once I started doing it, I was like, oh, this is actually really beneficial. I mean, it's not like, you know, like you said, it's not going to be always the most exciting work, but it really opened the door for me to see like, this is like part of the business practice. Like he knows like just the behind the nuts and bolts of his uh, the market the the uh, industry he works in absolutely and and I can tell you too if you if you bring it back again it's like the first thing you got to realize is your own value and then you have to start to realize you know as you get further into it the the customer themselves and things like that so the reason I say know your own value is because Again, I've seen instances where people have taken on internships and they were being yelled at or, or you know, threatened or I don't know how, you know, it's just basically not a nice person. So it's good to protect yourself. Like you also have to realize is a person that's working for you respectful of you? You know, are they, are they gonna, are they gonna do the right thing in a sense? Like they're there to help, help you learn something and you're not free labor. And so if you, if you learn your own value, that helps. And in a way, it's not drudgery. I can say you're correct in that. But for me, it's, it's not an immediate gratification. It's like if, if I had no interns, I'm sitting there for hours putting the database together, this and that. Let's say I had five interns. I could put five people on it and something that takes hours could take a half hour because everybody's doing a section. And even with that, it's, it's, um, it's not exciting work, but you're learning and you have, you have a gratification of, wow, I'm learning how to do something outside of what I was taught in art school. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm digging the ditch. I've always dug the ditch. I know there is no like, I'm learning how to dig a ditch. It's great. It's like, I am, I'm doing what needs to be done <clears throat> to, build, to build a business. And, and I, don't, I didn't know 
everything. And, and it's very important that you understand I'm still learning. I didn't go to business school, but I, but I always stick to that kind of foundation of, of what's in it for me, what's in it for the customer, what problem am I solving for them? So even when I write ads and all that, I don't talk about me and the benefits I have. You know, well, let me say, I don't talk about all the features I have, like, oh, I won awards, I did this, I do. I talk about benefits from the other end of it. I talk to them about what I'm doing, how that benefits them, not that I, you know, oh, well, if you buy my book, it helps me grow my business. It's more like if you buy my book, you, you know, you're, you're opening up a, a home library, which, which can introduce your child to diversity. And also, um, you know, during these times of, of COVID and libraries being closed, a home library is something that can keep your child connected to his education. And, you know, it's like whatever, whatever from their end of it, what benefits them, not my benefits. So we talk more so in, in the writing whenever I'm doing any kind of pitch or, or even if I'm trying to solicit a school. In my mind, I'm always thinking of how am I helping them? What problem do they have and how can I help them with what a product or service I offer? Well, it's all great advice, and I learned so much in the two internships I did with you, and I'm glad I came back for the second inter internship because I, I, you were really encouraging about, like, trying different things, trying, you know, and even though I was, like, learning at the same time, so I really appreciated it, and I want to be mindful of your time because I could go on and talk to you all day, but um, is, there, is there any, like, books that you have coming out or projects that um, you could share with the audience? I'm I'm always keeping busy with projects. Um, currently, I'm working on a book with Coretta, on Coretta Scott King about her life, and I've finished up a book on a woman named Georgia Gilmore, and also have um, you know things like a, a movie poster for a DVD I'm working on, and also a mural for a for a, a store. So it's it's like I keep very busy, and that's what I mean. It's like that. That is why interns help a lot and, um, and I'm grateful for them. And, um, you know, if anyone ever is interested, my website, you know, is, is gasart, G-A-S hyphen A-R-T dot com. And I also have rgregorychristie.com. And, and those um, basically are split up between a service and, a, and also the products I sell. But I'm always happy to, you know, teach people, but it also has to be a right fit. So usually I interview and from there we can see if it if it's good for both of us. Okay. Well, thank you, Greg, for speaking with me and the internships were amazing. And I encourage anybody who's listening, if you're somebody who wants to get into a specific field and you have those people who are your who are doing the work that you want to do, they're people you admire their work and um go out and reach out to them and and connect and um, you can learn so much and you'd be surprised they might need an intern <laughs> so anyways um, thank you Greg and thank you everybody for listening to my creative life thank you so much Nate.